I'm a retired nurse now, but um, I'm a New Zealand. I was a New Zealand trained registered nurse. I trained as a hospital nurse in a registered nurse in the 1970s, and took time off uh, when I had my children, then went back in the, in the 90s. And the doctors I worked with, like the standard was pretty high amongst the doctors. It was very good competency. And then later on, when I came back to nursing, um, I worked in nursing homes. Then I went over to Australia, worked in Sydney Hospital there. Now I was blown away by the competency of the doctors over there mm. and the training they got, the supervision they got. I came back in 2015 and I was absolutely appalled at the standard and the competency of doctors here. And I quite understand how Lance O'Sullivan feels. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to get sick here and end up in hospital. I don't have a lot of faith in the doctors here. Recently, I took a young girl up to the ED where I'm staying and in a major city. Um, she had severe abdominal pain. She was seen by the consultant that was on duty that night. And because her bloods were clear and other things were clear, they decided to send her home. But she was still in so much excruciating pain. I said, you're not going anywhere, kid. You stay right here. She went up to the ward as a result. She was there for a week. They still didn't find anything. So the doctor on the weekend decided that he would send her home without permission of the usual doctor during the week. She refused to go. It ended up that she had an operation and they found a very serious problem with her. They had to end up apologising to her. So it's just, um, I'm really appalled at how the standard and the competency has really dropped amongst the doctors in general. And uh, I really think something really needs to be done about the um, the way that these doctors come out and the way that they're supervised on the wards. Um, I know what I saw, that the doctors were very accountable to the consultants they had training on the ward, but I don't know what happens mm. here, but I'm just appalled at how some of them don't even know how to diagnose properly. Yes, yes, you know, I, uh, talking about this before we came on air, um, I was horrified to hear someone talking about their GP saying that whenever they go along and talk about what's wrong with them, he gets out um, the computer and look, puts it into Google. Exactly. And the person who told me that is a mum and said, I can do that. You know, yeah, um, exactly. and yeah. in fact, you'll hear all sorts of cases where mums know best and they go and talk to doctors and, you know, there's argy bargy for about a week until they finally go, you know, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I must say, when I was yeah. up in Brisbane, there were doctors that, you know, right. didn't think it was an idea to prescribe an antibiotic. You, and you do realise what, what you're saying, what Dr. Lance O'Sullivan is saying, you know, the, the, the mantra is, oh, the doctors are, are, are magnificent, you know, and there's not enough of them, there's not enough money and they're struggling against overwhelming odds. So uh, they're always held up as the heroes. So hearing people like Dr. Lance and now you saying that there are actually also a lot no. of doctors who are completely not, uh, not they, fit for purpose. Absolutely. It's is, really is just not good enough. In mm. fact, I think it's very dangerous. Catherine, hello. Oh, hi. I have to stand up for the young doctors. My daughter is a first-year resident. She graduated Friday before last, and she is now on the wards at Middlemore Hospital. She's been thrown right in the deep end. They're supposed to have two doctors above them. Um, they were, she was given a cell phone and said, if you need me, call me. There's your ward, and you're looking after 40 patients. Go for it. And she's doing her best, but 
um, you know, she's responsible for 40 of these people. She's been out of med school for a week. She's book smart. She's um, mm. done training in other provincial hospitals. And also um, the problem, and I understand what that gentleman with cancer was saying, She's uh, because she's been in provincial hospitals training, they never did um, the computerised system, yeah. whereby now Middlemore is computerised and they've had no training. No. So these poor kids who are 25, clever, smart, want to do their best, are just basically thrown in the deep end, and if somebody dies, the you-know-what hits the fan at them. Yes, no, I totally understand that. Um, and, you know, we, we've all got brilliant doctors who have all saved our lives and we'd like to thank them. And we've seen them working some extreme hours, but we've also yeah. seen... We've also she seen doesn't mind the hours. No. The hours she understands. It's the lack of guidance if they're not sure what to do. Mm. Um, you know, a cell phone and you ring up your, and yeah. you ring up your yeah. um, consultant who's already up to his eyeballs and work, and then you check 74... Uh, mis, uh, mis, misdirected calls because nobody can get hold of somebody. It's just ridiculous. And and she's um, she's said, Mum, you know, I want to be a doctor and a good doctor, but you can only do so much when you come out of uh, med school. You, you you need to be trained in okay. the real world. Mm, yeah. And I said to her, well, what are the nurses like? Are they helping you? She said, they're fantastic. But, you know, ultimately, she's a doctor. She knows what to do, but she just needs the confidence to have okay, someone Catherine, who's Catherine, behind her. I think, I think what you're seeing, you know, is like if, if you think of it as medicine as well, you know, you've got the symptoms and you've got the cause. And I think you'll find that your daughter is experiencing the symptoms and the cause has been that the system has not been sorted so that we're getting too many people in hospital and we don't have the procedures correctly implemented to get the right care to it. So she's ended out in this, you know, and so it's not her fault at all. We understand that. Uh, Dr. Lance O'Sullivan would say it's the system. The system has never quite got it together. Hello, Damon. Welcome to the program. What do you reckon about the health system? Hello, how are you? Good. Just um, with the health system, I think it's um, overall it's quite shocking. Um, it's not acceptable. Um, the doctors, uh, I believe, they, they are they are good. They've had their training and things like that. Um, my grandmother last month she had an episode of a, of a mild, um, uh, like a symptom of a, of an upcoming stroke. So they, they take her to the hospital. And the doctor said this is sort of like um, a warning sign of a stroke coming along mm. uh, at the hospital. But we need to do an ultrasound on her neck and stuff like that to identify if there's blockages, which we believe there is. Now, that uh, ultrasound, they weren't able to do it for a week and a half. Yeah. And that's just an ultrasound. Yeah. But they were able to do MRI and everything like that. Mm. But they started to do the ultrasound. Having said that, they send her home Monday. So she goes on on Saturday. They send her home Monday, and she has a big stroke at home. And and then she goes in, and still they can't do a, an ultrasound. And they say, now she's having a stroke. Uh, we can't do anything. We can't even do operation now because we have to wait for two months. Uh, and then they do ultrasound. They mm. found, obviously, that there is um, yeah, 100% well, blockage on yeah. one side and things like that. 
Shocking. It was shocking, and and we hear lots of stories of that written in the Herald as well. Whereas if they if they'd gone through a private system, they'd go, oh, we've got an ultrasound machine over here, pop over here, and they would do it in two seconds flat. You know, they would have done it straight, 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 straight away. On the blockage, they would yeah. do would do an operation straight away and then open it up. That's right. Mm. Hello, Jason. Yeah, hi, Andrew. Hey, um, look, I've just turned on the radio the last half hour and heard what you were saying, and I've got to support what Dr. O'Sullivan said. Look, 10 weeks tomorrow, my 11-month-old daughter died while in the care of our local DHB, and that was a real surprise for us, and um, it's been hard on the family. And in the, since then, we've, I've got a whole lot of records from the hospital. I went through an official information request just to request my daughter's information, and I've been going through that. And look, I... I honestly do believe there's some merit to what Dr. O'Sullivan's saying about incompetency. Um, my daughter, she was born early, had uh, had some serious complications, but she was a real fighter. And um, there's a lot of good I, I see in the health system. You know, she had about five surgeries in her short life, and the surgeons up at Starship, you know, they did a fantastic job, and there's a lot of good people who work in that system. Mm. But look, I've seen evidence where... I've had doctors tell me that because of what they believe, that they weren't going to provide my daughter with any further um, life support um, surgery or um, treatment. And so this is when we were up in Auckland and we live in Hamilton. And so what they asked them, so what are we going to do here? And they gave me two options. They said, well, you can stay up in Starship until she passes away, which they thought would be in 12 months' time, or... We could go back to Hamilton for about an hour and then they would turn off the life support. Mm. And I said to them, you're crazy. He says, there's no way I'm ending my daughter's life mm. prematurely. And um, what that kicked off then is I asked more questions. And you've got to get over the shock of what you've been told. Yeah. But um, I asked more questions about her care. And I found out from that that they were making a lot of assumptions about my daughter's care and her response to care. And so I ended up calling an ethics committee at the Auckland Hospital. And what they said, they went through all the information, and they ended up saying the doctors couldn't withhold life-saving treatment based on the evidence they had. And so because of that, we were able to get her home. Now, mm. I would think a lot of families wouldn't be in a position like my wife and I, because we're older parents, yeah. and so we just don't accept things at face value. And so just having that ability to think critically and ask questions, I, I felt like, man, there's some real holes in the system. Now, why do you think that hole existed? You know, uh, did it exist because of an inefficiency, which means there's a workload, which means that there ends up being delays and people forget details and they make bad decisions uh, winging it? I think that's part of it. But from what I saw is that I think sometimes the doctors didn't necessarily want to listen to us. They thought they would they would meet with us, and maybe they thought that once they, we were heard that we would let it go, but but we didn't. And that was based on the, what our daughter showed us. Like she was, she really wanted to live, and so we always thought to ourselves, you know, we've got to fight for her, we're her voice, mm-hmm. and so. Um, but yeah, look, there are people who are just. The resources can be stretched, like our daughter was in NICU for eight months before she came home, and I can't say enough about the staff there, but even there, I feel like there's a hierarchy. Nurses will not stand up to the doctors. Mm. Doctors have like a, a, a position of privilege, and they've probably earned that, they think, from their training and what they do, 
but at the same time, they've got to be open to listening and, uh, and taking on board what family have to say, mm. as well as nurses. Um, yeah, well, that, that's exactly what Dr. Lance O'Sullivan says, you know. Um, he, he says that well, the nurses are there for the minute-by-minute care and the minute-by-minute observation, and they're, they're, they're highly you know, trained to a point, uh, but they know the point at when the doctors can then come in and make uh, you know, the bigger decisions and the bigger, and the bigger uh, diagnoses, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and instead, because it's doctor-led, the doctors are actually you know, concerning themselves at all sorts of things well below their pay grade. You know, and eventually, uh, time just, you know, how long is a piece of string? Obviously not long enough uh, to get the, the proper care to everybody. And it, what, what Lance really gets upset about is just the, the lack of maximization of the resources that we have because of a system that is doctor-led rather than a nurse-led, you know. Yeah, look, and I think that may have led to a culture where, you know, people become complacent, yeah. but even nurses, you know, like when, when my daughter passed away, you know, I relive, you know, every day, the days leading up to her passing away, they were quite torturous for her. She was in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I know she had a complex history, but to be honest, Andrew, I think she did suffer from... Um, part of uh, those responsible for her care having a sense of apathy towards her. Mm. And that's just not, maybe subconsciously, because there there wasn't the urgency for anything to be done until it was too late. So we went into hospital on Saturday afternoon or evening, Mm. and everything seemed to be ticking along, and then nothing but nothing was happening in terms of diagnosing what was wrong with her. And then Wednesday afternoon, she was, there was, everything was, uh, a commotion then we had to go to ICU and by 10 o'clock the next morning she had passed away mm. Alright Jason I'm so sorry to hear the, your story and yeah. can I just can I just uh, congratulate you and your wife for fighting uh, because yeah, you're quite right and in these situations you can just roll over and, and let people who, who you have invested a greater authority in often you don't even know who these people are uh, roll over and just let them dictate your life and good on you asking the question is possibly the biggest lesson Uh, We can learn from Jason's um, story. All the very best, buddy.